The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Welcome to the program. My name is Stuart Rosenblum. I am president and CEO of Stuart's American Mortgage. My personal cell phone number, 314 area code, 324-4440-314-324-4440. Alternatively, feel free to Google the bagel loan, B-A-G-E-L. If you're going to buy a home or you're going to refinance and you're going to borrow more than $200,000, no title fees, no lender fees, no broker fees, appraisal fees, nothing, zero. It's the big bagel. We actually pay for it for you. We want your business. We want to earn it everywhere, both service, the deal you get, and we're willing to pay the closing costs for you. If you want to know the parameters and and the, a, you know, I'm afraid to say this word, but restrictions that are involved in that because there are a couple of them. You know, namely, you got to have good credit, but there's some other different uh, angles that are important to know. Give me a call. We'll tell you all about it. 95% of people that come to us that are looking for a loan over 200000 get that bagel loan. 95% of the restrictions, the, uh, the parameters that you can't get it are very limited, very specific. Call me about it, and I'll tell you all about it. Text me, too. I mean, if you're driving around and you don't want to call, you're busy with the kids, Put down the number. All you have to do is text me. Tell me what time to call you, evening, weekends, whatever's convenient for you, not for me, for you. I will call you when I when you want me to. And you know, I once did an application two o'clock in the morning. So this uh, this show this Sunday it's going to be me and Louise, who's uh, ready and ready to rock and roll. And during this show, we're going to talk about. We never really did a show like this. We're going to talk about. The different mortgage products. Mm, interesting. So yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be somewhat boring, but we're gonna go through four major products. Okay, FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit or about each one pointers you need to know about it. And this way, if you are in the market to buy a house or you're in the market to refinance, you can make a somewhat educated you know, someone educated decision on uh, whether or not you want product A versus product B. Most lenders, by the way, don't educate consumers. Maybe sometimes the loan officers them, themselves don't really know the differences between the product. They just sell whatever their boss says to sell or push. Sometimes it's to your benefit. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's to the company's benefit. So you need to you need to go ahead and understand these things, and I, I, furthermore, I can't stress this enough. Mm-hmm. Your home is the biggest investment, at least financial investment, you're ever going to make in your life. Biggest one. You have to go with somebody you trust. You can't do blind trust. If the real estate agent says, "Go to my guy," you don't know if the guy is good or not. You just met this agent, or maybe they know. 
you have to feel comfortable that this person you're going to is really trustworthy. So that's number one. Number two, you have to go with somebody that's not going to be a one-shot deal. Remember, this is your home. You don't go to a loan officer and then close on the transaction when you buy it. And then after that's done, you never see the guy again or never hear from the guy again. You have to have somebody that watches out for you long term. That creates a environment for you, a financial environment that somebody's always looking out for you for the best for the future. And it also, you know, brings in a certain amount of accountability and responsibility. Because if I'm a financial person and I give you advice and that advice doesn't work out, you're not going to come back to me again. If you go to a one-shot deal loan officer or a mortgage company, and most of them, by the way, are, okay, they want to make that commission, they want to make that deal go through, you go to them and they close on that transaction. They don't really care to hear from you afterwards anyway. So they're just trying to make the quick buck. And that's not looking out for your interests. So we actually go a step further If you buy a house and you use us for the mortgage or you refinance, when the rates actually drop or when there's an opportunity to improve your position, we will call you. It's not your responsibility to sit there every minute, watch the markets, see what's going on. You know, rates are going up, rates are going down. What do I hear? It's our responsibility to watch that for you. And then when the time comes, we call you and we refinance it. And that's specifically uh, applicable when you have the bagel loan because many times if you get a rate, let's say you get a mortgage today and the rate's 7% for for discussion purposes, and the rates go down to 6 and 3 quarters or 6.5%, your present lender, A, they're not going to call you, but even if they do or you contact them, they're going to say to you, you know, it costs $3,000 to refinance. You're only going to save 50 bucks a month. That's 60 months, five years to recover the $3,000 you spent. Not worth it. Yeah, because then in the middle, you're going to refinance again, probably. You may refinance again. It's not worth it. So it becomes a game of, did I get the bottom or do I not get the bottom? With us, you do the loan. And then if rates go down later, you do it again. It doesn't cost you something. You recognize the savings immediately on your first payment. You don't have to recoup any costs involved in the transaction. You're way, way ahead mm-hmm. of the game. So when you have the business model we have, we've refinanced people four times over a two-year period, and they never increased their principal. They started out with the same loan amount each time because it didn't cost them anything. Yeah. So that's the main thing. And there's, you know, I get calls all the time. Hey, Stewie, you know, uh, there's costs involved in the transaction. Are you rolling it in, or what the deal? What's the deal? You know, nothing's for nothing's for free these days. No, it's a very simple concept. We have, we don't have any commission loan officers. We don't pay commissions to anybody. It's only myself and my son. That's it. We have four processors that process our files for us. Yeah. Push it through underwriting. Push the paperwork through to make sure everything gets done. We're still very accessible. So if you have questions during the process, you can call us directly. We give you our cell phone number. It's easy. It's simple. It's not complicated. That's it. You're done. You're finished. You got the best deal. So there's a big difference when you deal with a smaller institution with the same product. I got a call from somebody else, and they said to me, you know what? Uh, You're better rate-wise, and you have no closing costs. 
but I like to go to U.S. Bank because I've been dealing with them for many, many years. So I asked them, well, if you go to U.S. Bank, when you close a transaction, who, what's so great about it? Well, it's still at U.S. Bank, the loan. I said, yeah, but are you getting somebody in India when you call, the servicing department, or are you, or are you getting the guy you started off with? So which would you rather have, somebody that can take care of you no matter who is servicing the loan? That's us. Or would you rather go to the place that's actually servicing the loan of the entire period of time? And you can't get a hold of anybody that you need. So the smarter way to go is to go with somebody you trust, somebody that's going to look out for you, mm -hmm. tell you where it is, knowledgeable, 35 years plus experience in, in the industry. We own the company. There's accountability. There's responsibility. And so these are the things that, that are important when you make a decision of, whether, of who you're going to trust the biggest investment you're going to make in your life. So 314-324-4440, that's my uh, keys jangling over there in the background. Call me anytime, text, uh, Google the Bagel Loan. That goes directly to our website. All kinds of fun information there, too. Before we get into the different products that you can get when you buy a house or refinance, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the interest rate world, okay? Interest rates actually went up, not down. Whenever you hear out there in the industry that things, you know, rates are going down, you hear it a week after it's actually occurred. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. So about two weeks ago, rates did go down. A week to two weeks ago, rates went down tremendously. Half to three-quarter percent. It was a big drop. All of a sudden, we get reports about GDP, which is our economic growth. Mm -hmm. It's good. We get reports that job job growth is there and, and doing well. Okay. And then inflation is still not at the 2% target. Even though it's dropping, it's not at the 2% target that the Federal Reserve wants to be at. So the Federal Reserve met, and they gave indication that they're not going to cut the interest rate so quick. All of a sudden, mortgage rates pop back up. So you don't hear about that part. You hear about rates going down, but this just happened about it within the last week. All of a sudden, you're in a situation, an environment where rates are over 7% again. So you have to talk to lenders and actually understand what's going on before thinking it's going one way or another. This is again goes back to the importance of doing business with someone you trust and, and knowledgeable because they'll tell you it's better, worse, or wait. Uh, I did have a bunch of customers that on the day that the rates did drop, mm -hmm. we locked them in a whole slew of them. Uh, there were a couple customers that wanted to think about it. Two days later, they came back and said they wanted to do it, but the rates weren't there anymore. So you got to grab the opportunity when you can. And again, we're watching, so we'll go ahead and call you and say, hey, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Okay? So, by the way, the jobs report that came out that was strong. You know, I'm a little bit not as enthusiastic as the government is in reading that report. And the reason is because I believe pretty pretty convinced I'm pretty convinced that within that jobs report a good percentage of the job creations is government government jobs if you take out the government jobs from those numbers it doesn't look that pretty okay and the other part is that they don't talk about is wage growth did you get a raise lately last year Last year. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to Mark for you if you want. Oh, yeah. You're going right. to be my, my agent. I'll be your advocate. Yeah. Okay. So wages have been slowing down, too. Increase in wages are not like it, it was a year or two ago. So people are making less. 
Inflation is not disappearing. You know, it still costs unbelievable. Did you, did you feel inflation? Like oh, yeah. Got, yeah. Oh, yeah. I stopped buying milk. I, unbelievable. I mean, Josh was just in here a short, short while ago, and he's got a small cup of coffee. It was $4 for the small cup of coffee? Is that a Starbucks coffee? Yeah, espresso. Small four, four bucks. Four dollars. Four bucks. A couple of years ago it was no four bucks. A couple of years ago was about let's say two fifty. Two fifty, right? Dollars. And that was considered like a, a that was, yeah, you like know, ooh, you're, you're, you're paying two yeah. and a half bucks for your coffee, you know, kind of thing. Four bucks. You know, I I know meat at least kosher meat. All right, it used to be when I got a steak, mm-hmm. it was something like uh, between fifteen and twenty dollars a pound. That was like twenty eight dollars oh, yeah. a pound. Oh yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine dollars a pound. So the wages, people's wages, haven't gone up proportional to the increase to the inflation numbers. So how is that going to play? Delinquencies in mortgages. You know, last two quarters they're increasing. They're not quite at the rate that it used to be. The historical average of mortgage delinquencies is five and a quarter percent. Five and a quarter percent of all mortgages were delinquent, okay, at some point. Okay. All right, this point. We were at 3.88%, okay? It's still lower than than the average over time, but that's ticked up a little bit over the last 12 months. So people, we can tell people's credit card debts are going up. Uh, we had a customer that a year and a half ago had no credit card debt, and he called me last week, and all of a sudden he has $65,000 in credit card debt, and he needs to refinance or consolidate it with, by the way, average interest rate of 23%. Oh, yeah. Okay? And that's compounded interest. <laughs> so you pay interest on the interest every single month if you don't pay it off. He had to refinance. People are struggling. And as a individual and as a country, you know, you don't realize it until, oh, oh my God, what happened in the last couple of months? How did I get here? So this is what's happening out there, and you're going to see – I think delinquencies increase. You're going to see spending probably decrease. Uh, I still think that the Federal Reserve will cut those interest rates this year. Uh, I was thinking four times, but maybe three. Maybe not March. Maybe in May, May is June, but they're going to. I'm not sure exactly how the political spectrum is going to impact because usually, you know, the incumbent doesn't want to see interest rates up there. Yeah. They want interest rates lower because otherwise the economy is going to hurt, and that's going to be less of a chance they're going to be voted in. That's another question. That, that's Why, in a, that's that, in our I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah. be Republican or Democrat. I'm going to make one simple statement. How is it that these great United States can't produce a candidate that's decent? Period. Amen. You know, Amen. Period. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter which way I'm going to vote. I just can't believe that we're, we're we're in a position that we we have to make these decisions, and the country has become a little bit less principle oriented. You're not voting based on somebody's merits or that you're voting on the, on a feeling. I don't like this guy. I hate this guy. This guy looks senile to me. This guy is is a wild card, and that's how you're voting. It doesn't matter if they have integrity, honesty, what their policies are. You're voting based on. How you feel about the guy? I bet you, I bet you, okay? And and I know I'm not going off a little bit of a tangent here, but I bet you if you asked 50 people the differences between Donald Trump and President Biden on a policy level, 
policies. Mm-hmm. I bet you 90% don't know, can't name you three different policies. Because 90% of the people... Because the media is just focusing on the craziness. Right. But right. I, I don't, they, they I don't the think... You need the policies. Right. To, 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 the to TikToks get, to dig, are, dig. are ridiculous. They're yeah. not, there's no truth to TikTok. No. The young folks are getting all their news and credibility evaluations from TikTok. So if you take 90% of that 50, I bet you 90%, I'm being generous in my opinion, 90% probably can't tell you three different or three different policy differentials between the two candidates. 90%. Yeah. You know, oh, well, uh, abortion, border. what about the border? What's, yeah. what's the policy? What's their stance? Yeah, again. Good, Ridiculous. bad, or different, but yeah, it's it's amen to you. Like it, it's a good, good country. I love this country, but it's two. Those are two eyes. Okay, we can. Yeah, do maybe better. I go to Puerto Rico. Oh, in Puerto Rico, you cannot vote for the president of the United States. I know, but no, in Puerto Rico, nobody cares. They want to be on the beach. They do. Um, Puerto Rico's main sport is local politics. So we got all that kind of worms right there. You got your own worms. <laughs> yeah. The real the real problem in politics. In my opinion, and it goes, you know, you talk about mortgages and trusting people, but the real problem in politics is there really is very little incentive. Don't don't go down the avenue to me about, oh, I want to lead the nation. I, I believe that's a factor at times, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's very little incentive outside of wanting to lead the country in the right direction for someone to want to become president. Yeah. How would you want to be president? You uh, don't get paid a lot. Nope. You're under constant scrutiny. You have no privacy, no peace. You can't sit on the beach. What's the point? So, you know, you got to think there's other incentives out there, whether financial or whatever it is. I mean, you got all kinds of financial scandals with both of them. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's start getting into the different products for buying or refinancing a mortgage. Okay? So you're going to buy a house. And before we get into these products, the biggest misconception that we have amongst people is that you need a sizable down payment, like 20%, in order to get a mortgage. Now, whether you're going to go FHA, conventional, VA, or USDA, those are the four main products that are out there, okay? FHA, VA, conventional, or USDA. You don't got to put down more, especially if you're a first-time home buyer. You don't have to put down more than three percent. Oh wow, that's it. That's it. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. Well, there's less. There's a one percent program too, but the maximum you have to pay, put down as a first-time home buyer, on any of these products, will do actually three and a half percent. Okay, that's it. That's not bad. So if you walk into a real estate office. And the real estate agent says, go to my lender. And the lender says to you, hey, you don't have a lot of money to put down as down payment. You only have 3.5%. Therefore, you have to go FHA. They're lying to you because there are products out there, conventional, and the other two that you may qualify for that require that amount or less. Okay? So the four main ones are FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA. So we're going to start out with the FHA ones, all right? So the first thing you need to know is a little bit of historical background. FHA, which stands for Federal Housing Administration, all right, they were established 
in 1934 to stir up home ownership. That was their purpose. Low down payment, home ownership. Later on, they actually merged with the Depa- Department of Housing and Urban Development, otherwise known as HUD. That was in, I think, 1965. Okay. And they became one. Okay. The program is designed to give home ownership with low down payment and lower credit requirements. So if you have a poor credit score and you don't have a lot of money to put down as down payment, FHA would probably be your product of choice. Uh, you still can go conventional, but it gets very expensive. And I get it at the time, 30, 1934, the nation is reeling back from the Great Depression. Depression, right. And, so, and the government wants it. It's a great program. It's a it wonderful is, yeah. program. Okay. If you go... FHA, okay, there are certain things you need to know, okay? Number one, it requires 3.5% down as a down payment. So if you're buying a $200,000 house, you got to put seven grand down as a down payment. Now, that's not the total amount that you need to buy a home. You still got to cover closing costs. Mm-hmm. If you go with the bagel loan, there won't be any, but you still got to cover it if you go with other lenders, and then you also have to pay something called your prepaids. And this is in, in all the products that are available. Prepaids are your first-year homeowner's insurance, some money that has to be put into an escrow account to cover the taxes and insurance that would be collected for from you to pay when the bill comes due. It's called escrow. Okay. Okay. And some interest for a month, you're not going to make a mortgage payment. That amount of interest is going to be very dependent on the day that you close. Okay. Just a footnote, whenever you make a mortgage payment, it covers your prior month's interest. So whenever you close on a transaction, let's say you close February 15th, your first payment isn't going to be until April 1st. April 1st covers interest for the month of March. Wait, you got this loan February 15th? You got to pay the 14 days of interest to the end of the month when you close. That's called prepaids. Okay. On a $200,000 house, in Missouri, because it's more expensive than Illinois because the taxes are higher, Missouri, the prepaids will probably run you probably about two to two and a half grand in general. And your closing costs, minimally, unless you're doing the bagel loan, is between two and three grand. Okay? Got it together. You're looking yeah, at- I'm just doing the math. You're just, you're just spending seven grand, and then you let- need another you need another eleven thousand yeah, bucks. Yeah, eleven twelve thousand total to get in on an FHA loan. Yeah, that's it. Okay, there is a thing out there called MHTC, which is a grant that you get from the state of Missouri for that three and a half percent down for the down payment that you're going to buy on the house. Oh, okay. okay? This is a dangerous grant. Why is it? Because you can't refinance your first mortgage, okay, unless that grant gets paid off and it's not forgiven for the first five years. So for the first five years. So you get the grant, but if you sell the house or move or refinance or whatever you do, in the first five years, you got to pay off the grant. Still a lien on the property. It doesn't disappear, Okay. So there's a time period with that. Okay. Now, if your interest rate on the FHA loan is 6.5% and rates go down to 5%, you cannot refinance that mortgage unless you pay off that grant. That grant. So the grant is worthless. 
at that point. Yeah. Okay. You may be able to combine it when you when you refinance it and include in your loan, but you're still not going to get a forgiven five thousand dollar grant on it. Mm-hmm. So it inhibits your ability to refinance that first mortgage. FHA has some negative things attached to it. Number one, you have to buy mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is a premium or a fee that the government with FHA, that the government collects in order to fund the program, the FHA purchase program. That money goes into the kitty, cover the expenses. It covers any potential delinquencies on if someone else gets foreclosed on and there's a loss on that house, the lender is insured by FHA, and every time a person gets an FHA loan, they pay this fee that goes into that kitty to cover the losses and the operations of of the, the Federal Housing mm-hmm. Administration, FHA. The one and three quarter percent fee that's built that gets paid is collected up front and rolled into your loan. So if you get a two hundred thousand dollar loan, your beginning balance is two thousand three hundred two thousand twenty. 200,000, two, I'm going to see my math's not working. <laughs> 2,300. 203,500. Okay. Okay. So you end up owing more at the end of the day. Yes. That money is, by the way, not refundable if you end up refinancing and paying off the loan and going to another conventional loan down the road. If you go from FHA to VA, I'm sorry, from FHA to FHA, let's say you do something called a streamline later mm-hmm. on down the road, then you get a prorated refund of the portion that was unused of that one and three quarter percent. But that's in the first couple of years. If if you have that loan five years, it's a hundred percent not refundable or recoupable. Okay. okay. Wow. Then FHA used to charge a fee up front, which is the one and three quarter percent, and it wasn't enough. So they started charging people monthly in addition to that for the PMI. So you pay up front and you pay monthly. And that's the PMI, right? That's also PMI, correct. Ooh. It's called MIP, the, the one and three quarter percent. Monthly is called the MI, it's also MIP, but it's another way they collected money, okay? Yeah. By the way, FHA has a surplus right now of all the money coming in on these loans. And by charter, they have to either reduce the MIP, which they did a little bit already, or something along those lines. So it's being, it's in Congress now, and it's being considered to see where we are at the stage, whether it's going to be reduced or not. But at the moment, you have the one and three quarter percent fee, and you have the monthly PMI. Okay, none of that money is refundable if you go and sell the house the next day. You lose it. Mm-hmm. All right, the PMI n- never goes away. If you borrow more than 90%, you put less than 10% down, the PMI will stay there to the last dollar on that loan. Okay? Conventional, you hit 80% of the value of the property, PMI drops off. FHA, you put down less than 10%, never goes away. Okay? We're going to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, uh, the products. Just to end on this FHA, by the way, uh, about... 15% of all loans done in the United States are FHA loans, okay? 15%. It's lost market share over the years because conventional is the better way to go. Another little small interesting fact, it used to be about 10% of the market, so it's gone up a little bit, 
probably because people's credit scores have been dropping. So yeah. anyway, 314-324-4440, we're going to take a break. Talking about the different mortgage products, we got FHA. Next segment, we're going to talk about VA. And then we're also going to talk about USDA. And the final one, which is the most important one, is the conventional. We hope to hit shortly. Don't go away. We'll be right back. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Love that Billy Joel. I'm a Billy Joel fan. I just feel like the character of the country had more substance in those days, in the 70s, 80s. And I think that the the value, it's just a different world to me. Maybe because I'm old, I don't know. Let me know what you think. 314-324-4440. I'm here with Louise. We're talking uh, mortgages. And we last segment, we talked about FHA. Now we're going to talk a little bit about VA. Okay. Okay. So in order to get a VA loan, you have to be a veteran. So I'm out. You're out. I'm out too. I'm out of there. Basically what happened is when people came back from World War II back in the the late 40s, mid 40s, Mm -hmm. 1940s that is. Okay. 1945, I guess. 45, right. Then then it was actually started about 1944. okay? Okay. So they saw that the president at that time saw, Roosevelt I believe it was, saw that people were returning from three, four years in war and they came into an economic environment where they couldn't find jobs and because they weren't trained. All they knew was how to use a gun. And people that were in this country that were educated, that had jobs, well, they were way ahead of those veterans mm-hmm. that were coming yeah. back, and that wasn't very fair. So the government created a the, the GI Bill to help veterans in different areas, and one of those things they did is they made uh, mortgage uh, products available for veterans. And in those mortgage products, they don't have to put any money down as down payment at all. Zero. Uh, there is no PMI. It's a good advantage. Okay. And the rate is about a half percent better than than the conventional rates that are out there, similar to FHA without the PMI. So the rates are really, really, really mm, good. Good. Okay. Yeah. On a purchase, it's great. No money down. There is a VA funding fee. That you may have to pay. It's a one-time fee at time it's closing. It's finance. You don't pay out of pocket. You may or may not have that fee depending on your status. So if you are a disabled veteran and you're receiving disability benefits from the VA, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that funding fee. So that's maybe a an element of appreciation by the government that you've sacrificed more than just going to war. And therefore, they're going to waive that funding fee to it. You're getting uh, retirement, other types of incomes from the VA. Very often, you don't have to pay that VA funding fee. So 100% financing. If you want to refinance, you can get up to 100% of the value cash out on a house. So you can go up to 100% not pay the PMI. FHA limits you to 80%. Conventional limits you to 80%. So you have those benefits, okay? And uh, it's it's pretty quick on getting it done. The only disadvantage that you have with VA and a little bit with the FHA is if you're buying a house, 
they're a little bit more picky on safety issues. For example, if they're if you are buying a house, we had one just recently where a person's buying a house from a well-known builder, mm-hmm. and they have six steps in front of the house that lead to the entrance of the house. Okay, conventional. I don't think they make an issue out of it. FHA and VA consider that safety issues. People can climb up and fall down, and they're going to require a railing. Now, this builder we dealt with, I'm not going to say who it is, started screaming and yelling at us because we were going to closing, and we wouldn't close unless that railing was put up by the stairs. Yeah. They started screaming and yelling, saying, oh, we've closed FHA loans before, and they didn't require us to do this, and you guys are just doing being being crazy. So we snapshot the guideline. We sent it to them directly. And then I got a call from the buyer and she drove up and down the street of all the new houses. And guess what she saw next to all the stairs? A railing. A railing. So we knew the the builder was full of baloney. And again, the agents on both sides, specifically the seller side, was trying to pull a fast one on the buyer and getting them to to do what it, yeah, what, and here's the thing: the builder can build a railing out of wood too, so it does. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I mean the quality of the railing. Yeah, it has to be sturdy. If it's, I don't, it's wood can be sturdy too, right? But it's not that hard if you're the builder just to put a railing. Well, they did it that morning. Oh, of course, they went out and yeah. did it, so we got it done. With these builders, everybody thinks it's your builder, your agent. They're all out looking for you. No, they want the fast. They want the fast cash of the commission. <laughs> so VA. Okay, which, by the way, believe it or not, is about 12% of the mortgages that are out there. Okay, 14 15% for FHA, about 12% on the VA. Okay, it's still the best product that's out there if you're a veteran. The credit that you have doesn't impact the rate that much. You can still get 100% financing, much better way to deal. If you're a veteran, thank you for your service. Take the advantage of the no money down or the higher percent cash out and get a better deal. Get oh, the better yeah. deal. For FHA and VA, when you go to refinance them, you can do what's called an EARL, I-R-R-L for VA, okay, which stands for Interest Rate Reduction Loan, IRL. Okay. You don't need an appraisal. Income doesn't matter. And you can roll everything in and get it done, okay? Easy enough. FHA. Again, like VA, no job requirements, no appraisal requirements. You have to come up with a little bit of money because you can't roll in a mortgage payment that you're going to miss or any of that kind of stuff yeah. or escrows that are required. But you'd have to make that payment anyway. So the month, the month that you're going to miss, remember we talked about that you're going to miss a mortgage payment, you got to come up with that cash at closing for an FHA streamline, it's called. But still, no job requirements. Credit does play in the rate you get. But no, no, no income, no job. It's no appraisal. It's pretty simple to do. FHA and VA. Let's talk about USDA. Okay. When you say USDA, I I feel like I'm going to the grocery store. I know because USDA initially was created for what for for rural cows, right? Yeah, yeah, something for, like uh, that for farmers. Again, it's the United States. What? USDA. USDA. I see it on meat all the time. Yeah, right? that's a USDA choice, actually. Right. That's my... So, you, right, USDA was created, okay, in order to stir up homeownership in rural areas. Now, there are some major restrictions when you get a USDA loan, all right? Number one, by the way, they do have a funding fee of 1%, and there is PMI. The PMI is much cheaper than FHA, 
But again, it never goes away. Okay, it's there every month on your payment. In your payment, you have your principal, your interest, real estate taxes, homeowners insurance, mm-hmm. the real estate aid taxes, and the homeowners insurance is being collected so we can pay the bill when it comes due. On USDA, you also have to pay that PMI. Okay, but it's cheap. And they have a 1% funding fee when you buy the house. All right. Rates better, too. Here's the caveat with USDA. You can't make more than a certain amount of money. It has to be geographically in a rural area, so there is an actual map, eligibility map that you so can So you're going to live in the city of St. Louis, no, you're not out. not going to happen. Parts of Jefferson County, Lincoln County, are yeah. going to be included. Not all of it, but parts, okay? By the way, that map is constantly changing, changing and shifting. Of so, course. Uh, I actually had a, a, a customer that came to us and was getting a USDA loan, and then a week before closing, the geographics shifted and oh. they lost their eligibility. So that can happen on USDA. USDA always has to give their stamp of approval, even though we underwrite it. They always have to say okay. And it's a little bit more difficult to refinance as a general rule of thumb. But you can get 100% financing, no down payment. 1% fee that goes to the government gets financed as well. Cheaper rate. Cheaper rate. But your income, the household income, can't exceed the average medium income for the area. So if you go to Jefferson County and let's say $100,000 is or 110000 is the medium family income there, mm-hmm. if you and your wife or your partner together whatever, yeah. make $100,000 and qualify, but your nice son, Jake, works at the local pizza shop and makes $20,000 a year, even though he's not on the loan, that Damn, gets factored in, and you won't qualify. Jake, you have to quit your job with the No, pizza. they just kick Jake out of the house <laughs> and tell him he can't live yeah. there anymore. Pay so it's rent. a household income that is that is that determines whether you're eligible or not. Geographics and household income, 100% financing, better rates, cheaper PMI. That never goes away, but it's a great deal if you want to buy a house out in the boonies somewhere mm-hmm. and you want to relax and have a quiet lifestyle, this is the product for you. By the way, that seems very, very nice. It's a, great product. it's a great product. It's a great product. We're going to take another break. 314-324-4440. Mortgages and more with Stewie. Big 550. Don't go away because we're going to talk about those conventional guidelines next segment. We'll be right back. This is the best hope at this time that I'm going to have over well, year. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Your closer is now healthy, so that's good. Yeah, but the Mets, you know, they win the first 10, 15, 20 games, and it's downhill from there. Well, it's it used the way to it be. Is. It's the start of the baseball season. Hooray! Yeah. And that's over. So at least you get it one month After the fir- We get the first strike, and that's it. It goes downhill <laughs> after that. Uh, I remember one year before we go to the conventional loan. Yeah. The Marlins, right? First pitch of the new season. Again, the Marlins are down. And a home run, they gave up a home run. That was it. That was it. That's the, the, that, that's the tone. Close that's up now. Set the tone right season that's right the there. That's the tone. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. You know what? You want to hear some more interesting news? You're talking about trying to trust governments and big institutions. Former Baltimore City State Attorney Marilyn Mosby has been found guilty for mortgage fraud. Ooh. Federal jury convicted her, Mosby, of course, on a federal charge of making false mortgage applications so she can buy a house or a condo in Long Boat Bay, Florida. <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on people. here. Sometimes some people have their wires crossed or they're just doing it because they can. Unbelievable. Okay, 1938, the U.S. government were, created a organization called Fannie Mae. And Fannie Mae was there to ensure some reliable affordability supply of mortgages to be able to get besides the FHA. People buy it throughout the country later. In 1970... Uh, Congress went ahead and created a private company, and Fannie Mae's private then to today too, called Freddie Mac, uh, to expand, okay, opportunities under these uh, under their charters. And so you have Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, two organizations that are uh, missioned to to stir up home ownership and keep the 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 industry going. As a whole, so people can buy homes. And they're government backers of the loan. They're government backers. Unlike FHA and VA, the government directly insures mortgages for FHA and VA. Conventional, it's indirectly. Okay, they provide insurance. If you borrow more than 80% of the value of the property, you have to pay this thing called PMI. But the PMI that that you pay on it Mm -hmm. is private. There are private. Actually, you know, publicly traded companies oh, really? that provide the PMI that go that you pay to to insure lenders. Then, in case you don't make your payments and you go into foreclosure, that the lender will get their money at the end of the day. And th- that PMI stays for the length of the loan, or it no, can be taken conventional, off. Conventional, it's when you hit eighty percent of the value of the property. Okay, there are other things you can do with conventional loans. You can't do FHA for VA. One of them, for example, is something called a recast. Uh, a recast is where you get a mortgage for $300,000, then you sell your home and you have $100,000 to put against that $300,000 mortgage. Instead of refinancing, let's say the rates are higher, instead of refinancing, you can take that money, put it against the loan one time during the period, and for 150 bucks, the lender will recalculate the payment based on the lower loan amount and drop the PMI if you're under 80% of the value of the property. So you can do these kinds of things and you have more flexibility with the conventional loans. Conventional is a much more rate is much more. I wouldn't say rate driven. I would say it's a much more uh, commercial and public and capitalistic type mortgage product. In that, it's a tradable security in the market. It's, it's secured by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, on the on the openings. It's tradable. It's more. It's indirectly insured by the government. It's more of private enterprise than you have FHA and VA. Now, in all these instances, lenders, just because it's insured, lenders still take additional precautions because the government's going to figure out, hey, you know, Louise didn't make his payment and we're going to mm-hmm. foreclose on him, yeah. but we're going to figure out what the lender did wrong so we don't have to cover the mortgage and they get stuck with it. So there is a battling that goes on between the government and lenders. The same with conventional loans or whether or not the PMI actually. It's like it's like you go, you buy uh, homeowner's insurance on your house oh, yeah. and damage is done yeah. and the insurance company says, nah, that really isn't covered because of this and that and you thought it was covered. You know, that kind of stuff. That happens like, all the like time. It's like if you buy flood insurance the day before the flood, it's like, oh, right. we couldn't. You can, you can buy, right, you can buy stock in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Okay? Their guidelines between Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are different, by the way. 
Okay. So when you go to a lender and you apply for a mortgage with that lender, they should know, and they don't, okay, they should know which box better fits your particular situation, whether it's a Fannie Mae guided loan or a Freddie Mac. There are guidelines, underwriting guidelines that are different. For example, give me an example. Uh, if you are need to refinance your house mm-hmm. and pay out, pay off an equity partner, whether it be a partner, a wife, a best friend, you own the property. With Freddie Mac, okay, if you, you're limited to 80% of the value of the property because it's considered a cash-out loan. So if you have a house for 300000 and you owe two forty, which is 80% of the value of the property, you cannot take the cash out to buy your equity, to buy your partner out on the equity of their house. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Fannie Mae, though, says that if you're buying an equity partner, that's not considered a cash out loan. That's considered a rate and term refinance. And you can go up to 95% of the value of the property, and they'll give you that opportunity. So there are guidelines at that. Freddie Mac, it's, either, it's easier if you're self-employed. Fannie Mae often asks for two years tax returns if you're self-employed. Two years ago, you had a bad year. Yeah, They're going to average it over those two years. Freddie Mac, they're just going to ask for one-year tax returns. So there are differences in guidelines. Some get approved better one way. Some get approved better the other way. You need to understand, or your lender needs to understand, which is the better product for you. And yeah. you got to go with that. You can do a conventional loan with, especially first-time homebuyers, as little as 1% down. Oh, wow. That's a big so difference you, between yeah. FHA. That's right. So if you compare the MHDC product we talked about in the beginning of the show, yeah. where they give you the grant, well, you can go ahead and do 1% down with conventional. There's no grant, so you don't have to worry about refinancing that loan in six or 12 months. Uh, we actually have a $5,000 grant. If you're going to buy a home, you may be eligible for $5,000 additional on top of that. Call us about it because we want to make sure you qualify. You have this term certain parameters involved in that in that mm-hmm. grant. But the grant that we give you for 5000 is forgivable on the day of closing. You can refinance it any time you want. So the best terms is going to be for a conventional loan, all right? But you have to have good credit for it. You can do 1%, 3%, 5%. Those numbers change depending on your status, meaning if you're a first-time homebuyer, you're not a first-time homebuyer. If you're not a first-time homebuyer, you may be restricted to 5% down. You got to put the 5% down. Don't do the stupid thing of saying, look, FHA is 3.5% down. Conventional is 5% down. But go FHA. You got to pay the one and three quarter percent fee. So you're financing the other one. That's how it goes. FHA, VA rates are lower. FHA rates are lower than conventional, but the payment is actually higher. If you take the FHA loan and you add in the PMI, Okay, that FHA charges, it's different than conventional. It's usually two to three times the amount. Even though the rate is lower, your payment's actually higher. So PMI in a conventional loan is much cheaper. It's driven by your credit score. FHA, it's the same whether you have a 650 credit score or a 700 credit score. You can, you'll be better off with the conventional. Bottom line is, if you can go conventional, it's the best product to get. Unless you're a veteran. Yeah. Okay. Unless, and USDA would be an option too, but it's hard to get. USDA, VA, FHA would be your last option to get. Folks, uh, we're running out of time here. By the way, it's uh, just a quick uh, thing I wanted to mention. Credit report fees have tripled 
for our lenders now. So, so it used to cost, it used to when we used to run credit for somebody, it would yeah. cost us that thirty bucks. Okay. Now it's costing seventy. So oh, and, you can ooh, see closing time. costs starting to rise here for consumers in the future. Credit agencies are, I guess, they're colluding, but they've raised it, raised it to astronomical numbers, and it's eventually going to trickle down to the consumer. So wait, let's see what happens on that. Folks, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Mortgage in the Morning with Stewie on the Big 550, 314-324-4440, or Google the Bagel Log. I look forward to talking to you. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.